0: So today, our guest is Henning Schulz. Am I pronouncing that correct? Yes. It's that got it right for a He's a film director and an artist, founder of Paradise Studio, where with uh, his team he's producing edgy, authentic visuals for global brands like Adidas, the Porsche, and others. Hi and welcome, Henning. Thank you for making the time. Hello,
1: hello. Bonjour. Ça va?
0: Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> <parlez> ça français. <laughs>
1: yeah, petit peu. But that's more about, that's more, than everything I can remember. <laughs>
0: that's, that's better, that's better than, than what my French was when I met my husband, because I've studied it at school, uh, but I was like, I had good notes, but I was bad. I, I just knew how to get away with the good notes, but nothing stayed in my head. So when I met him and, and which is like real, like I should be ashamed of myself, because my granddad was a teacher in French. Like he was a Francophone and everything. And when I met my husband, he was like, oh, do you speak French? We we're talking in English. He's French. He's Persian. And I was like, yeah, I know some words. And my vocabulary was basically, bonjour. Je m'appelle Tatiana. Je suis un élève de 5 And the, the only other thing I knew was from a song, which was Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? <laughs> which like, makes for ridiculous vocabularies, but now I'm better. <laughs> Yeah,
1: I mean, I can I can order food and drinks, and
0: well, that's that's and that's the most important
1: questions beside the other one is uh la Plush.
0: <laughs> yeah, so there you go, there you go. <laughs> what else do you need? Cool stuff. So okay. yeah, let's start with with a little bit of, <laughs> with a bit of background. Yeah, you've been in film producing for like. Freel- and freelancing for 20 years we just touched on that just before the interview so tell me about that how how did it all start and, and a bit a bit about yourself and what led you to okay. producing.
1: yeah i i tried to keep it short because i mean definitely it's always interesting to see where people are coming from but i'm always very interested in where the people are and where they want to go so um Mm. yeah I started with a traineeship in 2003 at the local TV station here in Hamburg Germany and um yeah, I just realized after a couple of weeks that that's something which I'm really interested in and which is really yeah my 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 cup of uh, tea, <laughs> so to say and yeah on the one hand it's like the technical part working with the camera, the editing. 20 years ago, it was more or less everything was analog. So you had like really large cameras. You had magnetic Mm. tape and you needed to have like really like very expensive and large equipment, Mm. um, which has changed drastically because Mm. right now you can't see this, but I'm holding my smartphone, my iPhone in my hand Mm. and I can uh, do more or less everything on my iPhone Mm. when it comes to video producing or producing content for Instagram or TikTok. And the, the phone has so many capabilities. You can cut out people without even using green screen and everything. So it's like really, mm. um you're not limited by technical mm. equipment anymore. You have everything in your pocket and that's what I really like and what's something which I have seen in the last, the change in the industry I've, yeah, I've more or less lived through or lived with. And, it started with the DSLR cameras, which were like photo cameras, which were able to shoot video and which had mm. a very cinematic feel because of high depth of field. So it's, it wasn't, yeah, you, you, you could produce with a very cheap camera, you could produce very high quality content. So, mm. and that's what I really f- was interested in and fascinated in. So, yeah. And that's why I'm always like focusing or, that's why I think that my, my advantage or my, my, let's say unique setting point is the, the storytelling because mm. it's like, not like a technical advance because everyone every 10 year old can do videos. Mm. So if you give them a handy and just everyone can do a video right now. So in the end, it, it always comes to the, to the storytelling, how to build up a story, how to build, yeah, how to be interesting, how to like mm. find the right, talking points, find the right, yeah, things you want to say, or you want to tell or want to, yeah, what's the takeaway Mm. for the audience as well. So
0: definitely. Yeah, that's funny. You, you mentioned the how technology has changed and it kind of made me think silly, probably a silly thing, but I bought myself a camera because like, I did some photography um, masterclass and stuff. So I was just interested in that. And a few times we went on vacation or somewhere we're traveling and I'm taking it with me and it's that enormous heavy camera that I realized I'm just walking it around. I really take it out. So I've even stopped t- taking it because like you say, you have the phone, it does decent quality pictures for all you need and find they probably like I can print them in a huge format. It's the ones I take with a big camera, but where, you know, how many of them? It's just that it's it's not even comfortable to take it out, you know, set it up, take a picture. You're just doing everything with your phone. And um, where it touches, I guess, on on businesses and on brands, it's like you said, you, you don't, it's not just you don't have that excuse of, oh, I don't have the budget for, whatever equipment it's literally you you have all it takes it's the storytelling that you have to get right
1: yeah and <laughs> on the other hand you also need to have some guts
0: because <laughs> yes yeah.
1: yeah positioning yourself in front of the camera um it's not that easy and
0: mm.
1: i mean you, you you get a sense of working with professionals you you have such such it, ve- it feels very easy to to stand mm-hmm. in front of the camera if you're watching. TV or having a host talking to you and explaining things. You think, oh, that's very easy. But yeah. I mean, it's the same when I'm watching Messi playing soccer. I think it's very easy as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it we'll takes a lot of like practice to, to let sofa, it yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um,
1: yeah. And um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's yeah. You, you need to have some guts to to present yourself in front of the camera. But I think that's a very smart thing to do put yourself mm. in front of the camera in front of the microphone because i mean that branding has like i think there are like two things when it comes to branding the one side is the design part oh, and there's somebody coming in so okay. no. <laughs> yeah corina um so um yeah you have like the design part and like corporate and the other thing is how how you the emotional part of the branding. Mm. What's the story you're telling? What's your, what's the thing the people can connect to? Because people can't or won't connect to a logo or to to a sign or whatever. It's like, how can you fill this brand with emotions and what Mm. kind of emotions do you want to tell? I mean, okay, the people can't see the video, but you have some trophies in your background. Mm -hmm. So, and that's like, that's like more or less the approach that Nike is doing as well. They're not selling mm. shoes. They're selling like successful success mm. in sports. That's what they want to sell. So, oh, Nike! Up,
0: yeah. I, I, so so many times when we're talking about branding and whether it's like naming or design or now storytelling, Nike like is always up there, and it's not a it's not an accident. Yeah.
1: I mean, there was like a couple of years ago there was this meme going around with all the fashion brands more or less having the same logo. Mm-hmm because they all changed their logo more or less to a type font, which is looking yeah. very similar. It was like a very clean and more or less boring type font. Mm. But it just shows you that the logo isn't isn't that important anymore because the people, mm. if, if you know the brand, they're playing around with the type as well. I mean, Supreme is doing this as well. They're not using just their box logo, but they're using all different kind of types to write Supreme on their stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's not like this strict, Guides mm. for using the brand. Okay, just give me a second. This could be, I think you can hear the This sounds in the background. What, what well, was about? it fine because it was?
0: Yeah. That's quite,
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So no, okay. okay. Now I lost my train of thought, but I think it was.
0: Oh, we were talking about storytelling and, yeah. and how it's more, it's becoming more important than just a logo or just, yeah just the visual on its own. Yeah, and, and definitely. And, and as consumers, I think we've become um, a lot more demanding. And I see that even more with the, going to sound old now, but with the next generation, like I'm, I'm looking at my kids and, and how they are and the demands they have, like for, for us was good enough to know, like, oh, i see, seen it in an advert somewhere. It doesn't even matter if the advert was good. It was like, it was almost like they they have the budget to be on TV or on radio. They must be a you know reputable brand. That was enough. Doesn't matter if i you know, even seen like the whole advert. It's just I've seen something like they're there. Now they're like reading everything inside out on the package, Googling the brand, who is behind that brand, you know, the people, what do they say on Twitter, da 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 like everything. So it's it really, it really is um about that authenticity throughout the whole thing. And also the people, the humans, you know, who they really are. And that's where, yeah, storytelling is really, really powerful.
1: Yeah. And I mean, we have like an over, we have like everything. If If you're looking for headphones, you have like, thousands of headphones you can choose from. And Mm. I mean, in the end, it's like always, it's like really hard to tell which headphones are the best because you can't Mm. really tell if you're not like, even if you are an expert, you can't really tell which headphones working the best for everyone. Then in the Mm. end comes to head size and usage and whatsoever. So, and that's where branding comes into play because it's not about the product anymore. It's about like, what do you want to communicate? Mm. when the. iPod first came out. There was like these white headphones with the cables on and mm. the iPod was very expensive at first. Still mm. very, exp- I'm not sure if they're still an iPod, but. <clears throat> It was very expensive at first and something where you had to think twice about buying things, but then you had like the status symbol of the white headphones with the white cable, which nobody else had, mm. and they weren't the best headphones, but they were just, was just showing, you know, I have this iPod and I know what's, mm. what's going on. Like it's kind of a code, so to say. It, it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Cult brands. And, and it, people use that as an um, expression of themselves it's like what does that tell about me which is again yeah. where it has to have a really strong story that people can relate to and sort of make it their own because you know they with those items that they communicate that about themselves yeah. like Nike again you you mentioned but yeah I'm, I'm there there's like i'm most of my stuff is is Nike and I'm going to lie if I say it's 100% you know everything they do is the best out there it's not (laughs) but you know there are some things and I have voted other shoes in particular also especially for trail running from other brands because they're like more adapted or better and I've tried them but it's it's almost like I feel like I'm cheating on someone you know it's a struggle for me to buy something else even if I completely logically understand it's a better thing and I need it for that particular reason It it just it feels bad (laughs) like it's that's how, how strong that connection is. Yeah,
1: yeah it, it's just it's the same for me. When I was looking for new headphones, I had two or three to choose from and I chose the Apple ones. Mm. <laughs> Maybe it's not even the wisest decisions, but just mm. <laughs> it was the easiest because I don't want to spend too much time thinking about those kind of things because you won't find a perfect solution. So if you're finding a solution which fits like 80%, that's fine for me. And then I can move along and, Mm. take care of of business or other stuff so yeah.
0: why paradise studio what what's the story behind the name i was
1: i i had a different or another agency before which i started in 2007 and yeah which i sold my yeah i made my exit in 2020 just before the first corona lockdown mm. hit europe um yeah and then i started new and i mean more or less i i did this for 13 years so more or less everything which was or which I had connections to or where I had memories to like being productions or private life or whatever were in some kind of way connected to my old company. Mm. So and that's why I thought okay what can be better than my old company? It's just paradise. (laughs) <laughs> and um, yeah, obviously the first thing when I'm coming up with names, I had some other names as well, but I um, yeah, was just Googling Paradise Studios and there are like a lot of photo studios which are having the same name or you can find Airbnbs on Bali and whatsoever which <laughs> having the same name. So that was my approach to say, okay, if people are looking for Paradise Studio, I want them to find my my website first. Mm. So it's like the... Same approach, which, you know, the rapper or singer Pitbull. Yeah. (laughs) If you're now Googling for Pitbull, you're going to find a picture of him at first place. And then the second one is the dog so
0: that is more or less (laughs) the
1: approach of choosing a name which is like very generic so to say but yeah i I took the same approach which i'm just talked about the name is the one thing the other things the emotional connections you can build up in what kind of life you you're putting into paradise Studio. so that's in the end Mm. that's the thing that matters Mm. it's like how how is it run how it is communicating how how does it look like how does it feel like mm. and that's more important than the actual name and even the the brand I registered isn't the the name it's just like the palm it's just the logo mm-hmm. that's the thing which I think is most important it's like if if we are I don't want to compare it to those big brands, but when you're thinking of Nike, you're thinking of the swoosh. When you're thinking about mm-hmm. Rolex, you see the crown. So it's like mm-hmm. you always have like kind of a symbol attached mm-hmm. to the to the brand, and it's like not even they don't even have to write their name underneath because you just it's very for me, me. And that's why I'm having like this palm mm-hmm. registrated and it's yeah, I want to use it on many, many things and not just like for video productions, but also for yeah, goods course. and uh, fashion as well. Yeah,
0: because you you are also an artist. Um, I saw the paintings, I saw some video. What what else do you do? Oh, to, to, tell me about like, the art side of things.
1: Yeah, I, I consider myself as a multidisciplinary artist. And even when it comes to art, it's kind of storytelling mm-hmm. because the pictures I want to produce are somehow, they're not very abstract, um, but I want to tell a story or I want to if people are looking at the picture they I want to have them have a story in their mind mm-hmm. so they can connect to the to the artwork or whatsoever. But they want to I want to like yeah foster the fantasy of the people. Like mm-hmm. so that they seeing things, they get like the same mood or feeling that I want them to have and it should be very happy, empowering, it's very yeah. It's more or less always happy, it's nice colours, it's positive, it's yeah. Mm. And um, yeah. I love it. <laughs> Yeah. And that's like, it's like, yeah. And that's the same goes for when I'm directing commercials and whatsoever. It's, it's, it's the same approach that you want to tell a story. You want to have a positive feeling about a brand or a scenario or whatsoever. But the difference between like painting and, um, yeah, the, the commercials is that the commercial has to be on point and that it needs to be clear. So mm-hmm. the mes- message needs to be clear wh- whenever on the art side. It, for me, it needs to be open. Then that's where the viewer comes mm-hmm. into place and they should have their own story or connection to the, to the picture. And there are like so many different touch points to the pictures and the people always see or interpret so many things into those pictures. And that's so nice to see. And it's mm. always more, more or less so, so different from what I was intending, mm-hmm. but it's the, that's what's so amazing about like doing the art. And yeah. Mm. And it's also Depensive.
0: it's it's like a, in in psychology they say like whatever you whatever you talk about you you talking about yourself in a way that that's kind of like you 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 draw the picture thinking one thing somebody will see it thinking another thing somebody else will see it thinking completely different thing because we all reflect that to our own uh, experience and character and story
1: and kind of and the interesting part for me is that I'm not a really good painter. <laughs> and I never considered myself as a good painter, but I just started like almost two years ago, one and a half years ago. no, two years ago, I started with painting. and it's, yeah, it looks like very childish, so to say. i'm I'm hmm. drawing or painting like a seven or eight year old kid. but mm-hmm. as I'm using quite large canvases, you can get a sense that it was like not a seven or eight year old. And mm-hmm. it was like now a forty year old uh, man painting this and that gives the whole art some kind of lightness and freshness Mm. because I don't I don't it's not that I don't care I want to if I'm drawing an astronaut I want to look at look uh, it should look as realistic as possible but through the limitations of my hands and that's Mm -hmm. that's fine for me because in the end you still recognize the things that I'm drawing you recognize those as they (laughs) intended to be so you can see if it's a tennis court or a basketball court if it's a mobile phone if it's an astronaut or a car or a planet and whatever, you get the sense that this is a planet but through the through my capabilities cars don't always have like the right proportions so they're looking quite of meshed or too long so but that that's something where the people interpret stuff into it mm. because I, I draw a car and it was very yeah the dimensions weren't right and the interpretation was yeah because there's so much energy coming from the car that it like really Sources changes itself it, yeah. yeah because it's so fast it's like compressed and whatever and that was like really yeah, interesting to see <laughs> for me it, it was not my attention but it's like yeah that's like one thing as well that maybe the interesting stuff stuff is not the perfection but lies mm. in the imperfection because then you have room yeah to think about stuff because if everything's perfect if it, I mean. Let's just say if I want to do portraits, why mm. should I paint them? If I can just take the phone and make a portrait, it can't mm. get any more realistic.
0: Yeah, exactly. Everything
1: what I'm doing with my hand is an interpretation. It's the same with the phone. It's an interpretation of what I'm seeing and so on. But um, it's still if I'm painting, it's getting more abstract. And so you can play around with mm. with everything. Was this working with the dog? The dog? You, you can't hear the dog. Perfect. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> and then Sorry. <laughs>
0: it's <laughs> what an open, open space here. It's okay. Yeah.
1: What sort of a dog is it? Grey hair. I don't know also, the, <laughs> the breed. I can ask. <laughs> Australian <laughs> Shepherd.
0: Oh, cool! But, they consider the smartest
1: dogs. They be considered the smartest dog, but not this <laughs> one. Not <here>. this one. <laughs> He's always uh, barking at me when I'm coming down the stairs. You know, we're here. <laughs> No, she's not. And I'm always, it's like always, yeah, because you rush down the stairs. And even if I'm walking like in slow motion, I'm getting parked up there. So. <laughs> I was trying to tell you something. I don't know.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talking about Yeah, addiction. maybe she wants to
1: talk to me, but then she yeah. should learn German. But yeah. I don't well. speak dogish.
0: <laughs> get a German Shepherd. <laughs> you got the wrong term Yeah,
1: get a German Shepherd. Maybe then we conversation.
0: The <laughs> there we go. <laughs> cool stuff. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, okay. the... no, it's okay. Lyrical. Uh, yeah, what's it? I forgot the words No, we were talking about imperfections, and it reminded me of a quote from actually a Bulgarian author. Um, he was writing poems, and and he has a very good quote on that. He was talking about grammatically correct phrases are like. Um, a line drone with a l- ruler like they, they're perfect but there's no life and that's exactly like what, what the feeling I get with yeah you said I mean you can take a picture and it's perfect so what, what's the what's the story there you know what's the life there yeah.
1: I mean there's definitely probably a lot of work behind it to take a perfect portrait mm. from people oh, yeah. I mean there are like some artists who are really capable of producing very very almost perfect portraits of famous Mm. actors and people and so but yeah I'm more interested in the emotional side than the technical side Mm. in the end that's maybe that's that's where I lay my focus on because the one thing is like sitting down and learning and I'm I'm not I'm more like a doing person than Mm -hmm. sitting down and watching and learning it's more like Mm -hmm. yeah not think, think think too much about it just get get into doing do things and then just see how it works and then learn and adapt and Mm -hmm. get your experience. And if I'm, if I'm getting to my boundaries, which sometimes happen very quickly, I can still search on, on the internet for solutions to my problems. Mm. But first of all, it's always like making, it's not that I'm like switching my head off, but I just, I mean, everything, when you're thinking about stuff and you're thinking about what can I achieve in my life whatsoever, there's like always, you have so many limitations. (laughs) And mm. you you start to limit yourself because, oh, I can't whatever I can't fly to the moon and whatever why can't mm. I mean there surely if 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 you make a real plan plan and so on you can find a way figure out a way to get there. maybe you mm. have maybe that's not the perfect example but there's so many things in life where I just fear even for myself that I'm just mm. like where I just where. I start to limit myself. And when I'm always starting to limit myself, it's the same with when coming up with ideas for new firms and you're working with clients. It's like, I need to be the one who was was pushing the boundaries way, way, way too much. So when the client comes in, they're always like more conservative. Of course they have their their goods. They want to have their job in in a couple of months. They want to stay (laughs) in their job. They don't want to lose their job. So the risk taking is not that high as is for me. Mm-hmm. So that's where all the, let's just say you have an amount of, you have like 150% craziness <laughs> into mm-hmm. this idea. Mm-hmm. And if we keep it in the end at 110%, we're still 10% above the average and the other brands in the mm-hmm. same market. Mm-hmm. So you have mm-hmm. a small, small advantage, but still mm-hmm. from my point of view, you're losing 40%, but still for <laughs> them, it's like, yeah, we gain 10%. And -hmm. That's just like, yeah, just, that's why I'm just not limiting, trying not to limit myself Mm -hmm. because there's not anything. There was just like yesterday whatsoever. When you see when people starting their brands was like, I think the McDonald's founder founded McDonald's at age 52 Mm -hmm. or whatsoever. So it's like, there's not, you, you can start a brand and be successful and be very successful with 40 or in your know, mid 40s and whatsoever mm. so there's no, not a limit on how old you can be to start something and be very successful
0: oh yeah absolutely absolutely i think that the the thing is that what you hear and what you see and all, all of those um, you know young entrepreneurs that are super successful they're not the majority by far i think if you look at the statistics it it is more like late 30s 40s which is logical you know i'm like 38 now, I mean, if I compare what I know about myself that I can apply to and then all the other knowledge about other things and how I can do to to any kind of anything that I do now, it's just nothing compared to or the other way around, what I knew like 10, 20 years ago. But I thought I knew everything, which you know is is the case with uh, yeah many. So definitely, yeah, I don't think people should limit their, themselves, you know, at a, at any age. um And let's yeah, I mean, let's go Go ahead.
1: I mean, it's it's more difficult if you're getting older and you are having kind of a st- standard to your life, or <laughs> you don't want to lose maybe let's just say you don't want to lose your car and whatsoever, mm-hmm. house or office and whatever. But in the end, those are just like things <laughs> yeah. and you have to find or well, at least that's something that's why the new agency is called paradise because something which needs to be 100 percent fulfilling for me and not for everyone mm. else and mm. it's my paradise and that's something i'm working on and i'm building on and um, yeah, that was the approach in starting a studio called paradise and mm. um, it's something which is not only limited to commercials and video works as well i started uh doing with my art practice like two years ago. So that's something which mm-hmm. I'm working on. It's like not like twenty percent of my time goes into the art stuff, but it's I want to yeah, I want to do more art and do more exhibitions. That's like a main goal for this year. And um yeah, it's just something. Yeah. Even if you're not a good drawer or painter, you can still do good art, which the people mm-hmm. can relate to and connect to. And it's the same If I'm if I'm showcasing the pictures online, you don't get like a really good sense of the dimensions and how they're how how they're what influence they have on you if you're standing right Mm -hmm. in front of them because of the size and whatsoever, and you can't see many details. And it's really even for me as a professional, we are uh, videographer and I know how to take pictures and so on. It's really hard to take a good picture of my Mm -hmm. artworks, which Mm -hmm. really represent the artwork because it's really really. It's not working because Mm. as soon as I showcase the pictures live and the people can experience them standing in front of them and seeing Mm. them and getting a feel how it changes the room. Because if Mm. you're having like a canvas, which is like two meters high, three meters wide it changes the room, the conception, Mm. the perception of the room as well. Because if you're having like a black or dark background, it just sucks up a lot of light and if it's like, if you're having like more brighter colors, it just, it's more mm-hmm. more brighter. So uh, it changes things. And um, and the same thing goes when I'm talking to people about my artwork standing next to them. There's kind of like projecting things they're they're getting from interacting with me being like very you know, just say I, I don't have an energy problem. Usually mm-hmm. I don't I don't have an idea problem as well. It just comes on focusing on some ideas and just doing mm-hmm. And not just doing like 100 ideas at the same time, but just limiting myself to let's just say five ideas or three ideas Mm -hmm. and just like pursue them, finish them and then get to the other ones. So, um, and then they're saying, yeah, your pictures have so much energy. And I think maybe they have, but maybe it's something which you are getting from interacting with me Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm,
1: and then just feeling, oh, he has a lot of energy. And then my pictures having a lot of energy as well. Mm -hmm, If it's mm -hmm. seeing the pictures, just hanging on the wall, they don't have they don't tell, mm-hmm. any, but when you then get like my background story, how I approached the like painting the picture, and what kind of mistakes I made or what went wrong, and <laughs> so on, then it's getting like then I just see mm. okay, there's like totally a different connection to the, to the artworks as well.
0: Mm. Oh, it's yeah. the, the the story, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it,
1: and yeah, and and it's the story again.
0: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's the keep, same with commodities the...
1: and arts. Yeah. Because when I'm doing art, I'm the brand. It's sending, mm-hmm. yeah. like, so to say, the brand, and then it's like the experience with me, the emotional experience, is something which then gets projected onto my artworks. Mm-hmm. And that's the same how like branding for branding works for products as well, just mm. a bit different. But because yeah, I mean, from my experience, I don't buy a car. Let's just say a car. I don't look at the specs, how many horsepower it, it has. You know, I don't mm. care about that because I know definitely I don't want to have like a slow car. But mm. I know from a from a different level on going upwards, you don't feel a big difference mm. if you're having like let's just say 160 horsepower or so 200. You don't.
0: Yeah. Well, but well, well, okay. You you live in Germany, so you can yeah. actually you know drive quickly. But even even then, like still, how like how much and how many times and what, you know it gets you from A to B. That that's kind of yeah.
1: yeah. I need to have the space I need to have, and some of the safety systems. Mm. But then that's about it. And then it's about: Do I like the color? (laughs) And is the sound system good? That's like more important for me. (laughs) Do I have a? Yeah. Then that's how I tick. But it's just like you don't sell a car when when you say, "Yeah, we can accelerate from zero to one hundred in four point five seconds." And (laughs) the next car is four point eight seconds. You can't even see a difference in tens of seconds. Mm. It's, it's a blink of an eye. I mean, we're not Formula One drivers,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: you won't experience. i uh, um, When do you experience like accelerating from zero to one hundred at all? <laughs> You're gonna do this in the beginning to check out how the acceleration works and how it is, but not something which is or like mm. does which you need in normal life. Mm. There's not like one scenery where it really comes to comes in handy that you can accelerate. Oh, and chased by a dinosaur. Buzz, yeah.
0: Never know, no zombies there. Yeah. You talk yeah, about so. visual, uh, obvious, oh, outstanding visual storytelling. Tell me a little bit about
1: that. Yeah, outstanding visual storytelling is yeah what what's behind all my commercial video work, and it's it's not like really a system, but it's, it's just like the yeah it's that's what I'm working on. The whole time. So if you're working with me, I'm trying to do or my work is outstanding. And I just, I just figured out and it's part of the branding for Paradise Studio as well. That in every production I did, even in the last 15 or 20 years, and that's like where art and commercial work is kind of similar. There's Mm -hmm. like, I'm always quite emotionally attached to the product and to the task or video production. And there's like a lot of handing involved in when I'm producing videos because it's my kind of humor. It's my kind of focus points okay. I'm setting and it's my kind of ideas. What kind of pictures we're shooting, what kind of we're getting. Mm. So that's like, on the one hand, it's one thing I needed to learn when like producing like a first draft and there comes positive and negative feedback that it's not about that they're saying Henning is a bad person. It's just like, it doesn't fit their mm. view on they want the video to look like it's not about me but Mm -hmm. that's like something which i really needed to learn because there's like a lot of handing in in my work Hmm. not only in the artworks but also in the videos so and that's like uh, that's why i took this photo because i think i'm very i'm very quick at understanding topics even if they are not like daily topics which i'm working on like when i'm getting i mean I, i i did productions from computer iot solutions where they're uh, getting data and they're just like helping companies to see if some machines are gonna fail at one point and need some repair Mm -hmm. to producing stuff for adidas or on sports events and which is like (laughs) different tasks but i i'm Mm. i can very easily adapt and think myself into different topics and then just find and that's like one of the basis of outstanding visual storytelling, find like the three or four talking points you can put into a video. Mm. Yeah. Put a spotlight on them and then find the right, yeah, right story. And to, yeah, to, to in the end have a video, which is like, you know, which is like a thumb or scroll stopper. So mm. if you're scrolling through Instagram, sometimes you stop because the hook was good or the intro was good or interesting. And then you, then the. Yeah, goal is to keep the people watching until the end.
0: Mm. And who who can work with you? You, I mean, we mentioned some big brands. Is is that kind of the 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 category, or what type of industry, size of company, location, even can or has this? Somebody has to be in order to approach you and work with. Um,
1: you? In the end, all the companies I'm working with. Uh, or brands I'm working with, it's, um, it's always a bit easier for me if I'm working directly with brands and not with agencies, but I'm working or cooperating with agencies as, as well, which have the same yeah mindset to it. And the mindset mm. needs to be that it's like not, um, like a standard film, which is mm. like has a very clear intro and has a very straight line. And it's not really funny, but it's just something which is like quite normal. But the the people who are approaching me are people who want to like, um yeah, who are not like the top Let's to say they're not Nike is not working with me. But <laughs> the brand who wants to get Nike off the number one spot, those are the ones who are approaching me. Things companies who want to do things differently, who want to showcase that they're let's just say I'm working for parties and they're not like a typical bank. You have <laughs> like so the people are not they don't need to wear a suit coming to mm-hmm. work. They can write a shirt that you have a lot of tattooed people and so on, which is like not a typical mm-hmm. picture for, for working at a bank, which just seems to be like a uh, quite a traditional, mm-hmm. um, like employee. So, um, yeah. And those are brands who are like approaching me want to work together with me because they're doing things differently in their niche. And that's when mm-hmm. they need to. Communicate this in a different kind of video style as well. Mm-hmm. And that's like the similar, similarity. And that can be fashion, that can be transportation, automobiles, but as well, it can be a bank as well. It can be, um, I'm working a lot for racing or for, for a magazine from Berlin, Vehicle, which is who are into powerboat and racing, mm-hmm. powerboat racing. Um, but also last year I did, some, did a lot of um, interview and portraits for, for the um, local support uh, transportation mm-hmm. here. And where it wasn't about moving along with a car, but moving along in the, in the city without a car. Mm-hmm. Using like the metro or the bus or car sharing, bike sharing mm-hmm. whatsoever or just walking. And that was super interesting for me as well. And they had the same approach. They don't want to have like this uh, classical kind of mm. video. Um They just want to have something special, which helps them as a brand because they have a new branding, which is quite colorful with some neon colors and so well. And that's why they wanted to have the videos looking different and be more loud and vividly as mm. they were before yeah, so that's like the common ground for the brands. It's mm-hmm. like they're they're in a the niche and they're doing th- things differently in the niche and that's why they want to have videos which are having a different approach to it. Oh, and I mean, once, another sorry, another client, which is like a good example as well as Edge Edge Technologies, which is a Dutch mm-hmm. company, and they're building office buildings, but they're building very modern and really, really awesome buildings. And I'm not just saying that because they're client, but I'm also very. Mm-hmm. Very much into architecture and seeing all the work and the thoughts they're putting in, and they can produce or build more or less CO2 neutral or carbon neutral buildings. But mm. the building industry isn't that far that they can, that the processes in building a house is not not that up to, to date mm. or so modern that they can really produce, uh, have the whole production in being carbon neutral. But that's like, that's their approach in taking and building new stuff. So, in, Yeah, that's the same as well. It's a classical, traditional niche, building office projects and so on, but doing it in a different kind of way, very modern. That's Mm. What they need to have or what they want to have and need to have different kind of videos. Very
0: cool. So what's next? Last last question. What what's next? What are you looking forward to this year? You, you said you're kind of gonna focus on getting more exhibitions, more on your
1: art. What else? What else? Um, I'm having a production in February in Dubai. So I'm not sure when the podcast's coming out. So yeah, I'm gonna be three weeks in Dubai, which is feels like a paid holiday.
0: <laughs> being in the sun <laughs> and
1: working working at the tennis tournament uh on site and then just like i don't have a fixed plan (laughs) um and then just usually the projects just start coming in and if it's a bit like january is typical or the beginning of the year is typically a bit slower when it comes to productions because all the companies and brands or agencies they're just bidding like the plan for the year Mm. um doing the budgets and then usually in spring then it gets into doing and right now I'm just trying to use the time that I'm having and I'm preparing an exhibition which starts at the end of January and so I I try to use my time which I'm just having right now on my hand wisely in doing the art stuff and preparing and organizing as much as I can because from February on it will be a bit more, it will be more busy with video and commercial work. so.
0: Nice. When where is the exhibition? In Hamburg, Hamburg. In a
1: small restaurant.
0: Yeah, we can include links to that in the in the post. Yeah. for the podcast.
1: I mean, before. it starts at twenty third, just like off the record. It starts in twenty third, and I don't even have a flyer yet. But we just confirmed uh-huh. the date yesterday, it so it's very short on short notice but yeah (laughs) I mean we can put it in but um, we don't need to
0: (laughs) no we can we can include it I think yeah well we'll get there you can just like run around Hamburg and shout it's going to be there on the 23rd yeah that's how it is (laughs) cool stuff (laughs) wonderful well thank you that's been a pleasure
1: yeah thanks for having me I hope there were some takeaways or some thoughts which are inspiring